Yeah. Hey, get, turn to your neighbor, give him a high five, say, it's good to see you this morning. Gosh. Felt like debt just broke off all of my life, all of our lives in this room. So, so good. Man, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Okay, three of you are good. I saw, we're trying it again. You're not at the golf course, okay? So you can be, you can be loud in here. You can be loud for Jesus because there's a whole lot of redemption in this room. Good morning, everybody. How we doing? Come on now. So glad to be with you. So glad to be here in the house of the Lord and breaking bread and sharing the word this morning. Again, if we have not met, my name is Greg Hendricks. I get the honor and privilege to share God's word with you. And uh, I pastor down in San Diego, California, probably one of the most beautiful places on this planet. And I'm super excited. Maybe, you know, Vancouver is very beautiful, too. I'm like, wow, look at all the trees. Look at all the anointing. And I was like, Lord, do I see a house in my future in Vancouver? I don't know. I'm just saying. Come on. Come on, somebody. But, but we're super thankful. I'm super thankful to be here um, and be with you this morning. And, and Stephen and his family, they've just embraced me. Uh, Adrian and, wow, just Isabel and, and uh, man, Barbara and their beautiful children have just embraced me this whole entire weekend. And can we just give God praise for the beauty of who he is, the expression through family? Man. And, and you have an incredible, incredible leaders here, uh, Pastor Kevin, and just the whole entire team, your senior pastor, and he's out there evangelizing right now. And, and man, can, can we just give God some praise for what God is doing through their lives? I'm so grateful, really am, just, that, just to be here and share the word of God with you. And uh, my whole goal to this morning is that we grow together in the glory of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, because he is glorious. His glory is never ending. Jesus is never ending. He's abundant, and he has abundance for you. He has abundance so that when you flow in abundance, everything around you becomes abundant. The people, ooh, even your enemies, because Jesus says love your enemies. They become abundant. They become transformed. They become changed. And so my goal today is that we gather together in the presence of the Lord and that we all grow together. Whew, I just feel like a real shift that's going to happen in this room today. And I'm super excited to be here with you. I got an opportunity to be here, I don't know, maybe like three months ago when I came during the winter, and it was freezing outside. I was like, man, it's like below 30 degrees. It's below zero, 30 degrees, what? I walked outside, and I saw a, a statue, and it was like a person like, like this. And then I got a little closer, and I noticed it was a black man that was frozen. He was actually just standing like, I said, oh, oh he's alive. He's alive. And he was just standing. I said, man, how long you been here? He said, I've been here for like three months. It's frozen out here. I was like, oh, man, in the name of Jesus, come alive, you know. And, no, just joking. It was just cold is my point. It was super cold outside. I was like, man, I don't think I've ever been in that type of cold where your, your nose hairs just freeze up when you take a deep breath in. I was like, my goodness. But you know what? I still had an amazing time. It was fun. Had a, an incredible time. A little bit about myself. I have a wife who I've been together with for 23 years. Come on, somebody. Love of my life, she's my best friend. Uh, we have three beautiful children, 20-year-old named Caleb, 12-year-old named Bryden, and a nine-year-old who runs the house, and her name is Nyla, and she's sweet and spicy. Sweet and spicy. Uh, but she's a, she's a treat, she's a joy, and so I get the opportunity to be their earthly dad and, and, and continually introduce them to the Heavenly Father, all of our fathers in heaven. And so that's, that's my family. And, um, I grew up in San Diego, California. I played professional basketball for about eight years. 
uh, played overseas. I coached in the NBA with the Seattle Supersonics when they had their team. Come on, any Sonics fans in the rooms? Come on now, come on now. Some of you like, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what that is. That's okay, we're praying for you in the name of Jesus. No, I'm just joking, just joking. But, but we, uh, I, I, so I, uh, professional basketball was my background. I was gonna be a professional coach at some point in my life. I was, my life was really trajecting towards that, towards that target. And then Jesus stepped into the picture and he says, you know what, you are, you are a coach, but you're gonna coach for my team. You're gonna coach for the kingdom of heaven. And I was like, I don't even know what that, what does that mean? I, you know, I didn't, have, I didn't grow up in the church. Okay, so church is not my background. I my wife didn't grow up in a church. We come from, we came from a family full of heathens, smoking weed, doing crazy stuff. I mean, come on, I'm gonna keep it real in here, okay? I'm just keep it real. I'm gonna keep it as we call a hundred, not a hundred, a hundred, a hundred. I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you, meaning a hundred percent honest, okay? Because there's a lot of people out there right now, especially, and this is part of the word that I believe I have today, there's a lot of people out there, they're tired of experience. They want encounter. You know, there's a difference. Okay, experience, you know, you go and you, you know, you may go to a nice restaurant, it's an amazing experience, okay? You may go to Disneyland, an amazing experience. When you have an encounter, your life is different. Your perspective's different. Your reaction is different. How you treat people is different. How you parent is different. I don't care if you're young and you're on your school campus, how you talk to your friends is different. Because experience is memorable, but encounter is transformative. Okay? And we're here, we're in the transformative business. Can I get an amen from somebody in this house? Okay? We're in the transformation business. Jesus is in the transformation business. I got news for you. All of you sitting in your seats, you are transformed because if you call yourself born-again believer and that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, not just Lord, but Lord and Savior, okay? Not that he's just Lord, you know, some, oh yeah, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, but you know, to them, he's just fire insurance. They just see him as fire insurance. But when Jesus is Lord and Savior, that means your life is transformed. And that you're an ongoing transformation process to the day he calls you to be in his presence where we all will be saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Okay, so, so our, our opportunity this morning is to continue to be transformed into the image of Christ. Now I'm, I'm interactive, okay? I don't see no problem in this amazing house right here of you guys being interactive, but I'm an interactive preacher. This is not a monologue, this is a dialogue. Okay, this is a dialogue. So if I'm, if I'm speaking to you, and the Holy Spirit makes your heart leap, okay, you can give God praise, you say amen, you can say hallelujah, you can say say that again, you can say praise the Lord, preach it, bald-headed black brother, whatever's gonna get you going up in here. Whatever's gonna get you going, okay, more importantly, whatever's gonna connect you with the Spirit of God for your life, that's what I want you to walk away from in this house, okay? That's what I want you to grasp a hold of so that when you leave this place, and you go outside these walls, and you go into your community, you go to the Starbucks, you go to your work, you go to the Fortune 500 CEO boardroom, you go to our First Nations brothers and sisters, you're on wherever you're at, you're carrying all of the kingdom of heaven with you. If you're in the tech space, or if you're a worship leader, or you're writing these songs, you're carrying all of the uh, kingdom of heaven with you, all the power that God has entrusted to you, whether you nana at home, you a stay-at-home mom, you all of heaven is in your house, okay? This is the whole point of us being a believers. It's not just to gather on the Sundays or in the building, it's for us to go outside of the building and be what the building has 
prompted in us the Holy Ghost and go and transform the people that are outside of here. Can I get an amen from somebody in this house? Okay, that's, that's the whole reason why we're here. It's the whole reason why we're here. Okay, so we're going to jump into the word. And um, I, if, we, if we pull over the car, okay, we pull over the car as we, as we journey in together this morning. We pull over the car and do some prophetic ministry. Is that okay with everybody in here? I just said, okay, we break out into prophetic ministry, okay? So just, just, just be ready because I believe the Holy Ghost is in here. She's like, I'm fanning myself. I know it's hot. But is that the Holy Ghost? Is that the heat outside? I know. I, I, I feel you, sister. I feel you. I totally feel you, okay? All right, so, so, so I, I feel like the Lord told me, wanted me to tell you that I came here with a revelation today, okay? I came to bring you a revelation along with an interpretation, okay? Applied with a loving application so that you would see a greater manifestation of Jesus in your life, okay? Because it's one thing you got the revelation, okay? But if you don't have any interpretation, if, if God gives you something and you don't know what he's saying, it's, it's like someone entrusting you a gift and you just, just falls to the wayside. So my prayer is that you receive the revelation, okay, along with the healthy interpretation applied with a loving, everybody say loving, a loving application, applying it. So what you learn, you go do it. Heal the sick, raise the dead. Cast out demons, cleanse lepers, that you would go do it with love driving your actions, okay? L love driving your motive. Not for you just to be a super hyper-spiritual Christian flying around the sanctuary, but to be a loving reflection of the one who raised you from the dead, okay? A loving, loving application, okay? And then when you put that all together, that's when you see the greater manifestation of Christ in your life, and Christ in your gift, and Christ in your journey, and Christ in your parenting, and Christ on how you walk out the calling that the Lord has for your life, okay? And I feel like in this hour, it's crazy, because I, I was not planning to even say this. I was in the back just kind of preaching, which I'm gonna give you a prophetic picture what's going on right now. I actually didn't even tell the tech team, so bear with me here, but it's actually in Acts chapter 20, okay? Turn to Acts chapter 20. I'm gonna show you what's going on right now. I'm gonna show you this, and this is before we even get into the word, okay? This is before, this is, this is, this is uh, extra credit, this extra icing on the cake, okay? I, li I, like, I like audibles, personally. I love audibles, okay? And in Acts chapter 20, you see exactly what's going on right now in our society, especially coming out of COVID. Acts chapter 20 starts in verse seven, and it's Paul preaching the gospel, and he's doing his part, but there's a, there's a, there's a young man in this story, and it's a prophetic picture of what's actually going on right now in our society. Acts chapter 20, verse seven, look what it says. It says, now on the first day of the week, when Paul, when the disciples came together to break bread, check that out, let me start that again. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, what does that tell you and us in this room? That breaking bread is essential for the anointing to flow. Being in community with one another is essential for the anointing to flow. And look what it says. Paul, ready to depart the next day, he's leaving the next day, spoke to them and continued his message till midnight. So he's preaching this gospel late into the, the midnight hour. There were many lamps in the upper room 
where they were gathered, and in a window sat a certain young, everybody say young, young man named Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was killed and was taken up dead. But in verse 10, check this out, but Paul, everybody say, but Paul, went down, fell on him, and embraced him, ooh, and said, do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. So you see a death raising right now. Let me tell you something. This is a prophetic picture of what's going on in our society right now, especially for our young people. Take heed. Take heed. It's for the young, it's, it's for the, the young adults and the classic adults. There's a word for both of y'all in here, okay? Are you, sing, are you seasoned saints, okay? There's a word right here. This is extra credit. I'm not even, this ain't even what I'm going to talk about today, but this is extra credit. I felt like the Lord wanted me to share this with you. One, young people right now have one foot in and one foot out. And people are preaching to them and they're falling asleep behind the wheel. And they're falling asleep. They're falling asleep. And they're falling to their death. They're falling to their death because all we're doing is preaching to them. We're not embracing them like the scripture says and bringing them back to life. Okay? Now check this out. You know why his name was Eutychus? I'm going to tell you. You know why? Because you'd have cussed too if you fell out of window on this joke. I'm just... I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't cast in the pastor. I don't cast. Okay. Before you got saved, let me just put it like that, okay? All jokes aside. No, but you got this young man, and he's, he's sitting in the window like this. One foot in, one foot out, listening. And that's what this generation is right now. They got one foot in. They believe in God because they're designed in his image. And they got one foot in the world. The world is vying for their attention. And they're hanging there. And if we only come with just preaching and not embracing, we will see them fall to their death. But when you embrace them with the heart of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, you can see their life resurrected right before your eyes. I don't care what you do with, I don't care what you do with your daily work. If you're stay-at-home nana, papa, mom, or you're in the tech space, or you're a worship writer, or, or, or whatever you do, you're a businessman, there's a lot of people. It's not just young people, it's people in general that got one foot in. And people are just preaching to them, and they're getting tired, and drowsy, and woozy, and they fall into their death. But what happened was, God shows us, it says it right here in the scripture, that Paul went down he went down and fell on him and embraced him, meaning he went and he grabbed him. What does that tell us as believers? We need to go where those people are at and embrace them and pick them up and draw them in and bring them in because what's flowing out of your life will bring resurrection to their life. Listen, I don't care if you're young, okay? Because there's kids on your, your campus, your school, I promise you. There's teachers on your campus that are falling asleep to their death right before your very eyes. But you being young, because there's no junior Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's powerful in everybody. When you come embracing, I'm going to pray for my teachers. I'm going to pray for my homeboys. I'm going to pray for my homegirls. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. When, when you come and you embrace them, resurrection life in the name of Jesus. 
Okay? So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Just out of this, this is this extra credit. I'm not even, even talking about that, but we're going to transition to something else. This extra credit right here. This is what's going on. The ban is being lifted. People are coming out, and they've, they've been falling asleep. Matter of fact, they already fell to their death, and they ain't even know it. They fell to their death, and there's people like, oh, well, you know, this is how it is, and we just might as well pray. No, 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 no. You come alongside in the name of Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. Power of the Holy Ghost flowing through you. You come with the prophetic word. You pick them up and embrace them. You don't castrate them, okay? You don't talk down to them. You don't care what they look like. Oh, they don't look like me. That's even better if they don't look like you because that's when you start to see reconciliation happen. Come on, somebody. 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about he's giving us the ministry of reconciliation. That's for all people, black, white, polka dot, young, old, whatever you look like. Jesus said, okay, now go and do that. How do you do that? You embrace them and you bring them close. Because people can be, people can be impacted from afar, but they can be transformed when they see you up close. Let me write that down. Pastor, that was a good one. Let me, that was a good one. My point is this. It's time. It's time. No more waiting. No more excuses. Oh, with COVID, we can't go outside. No, you go outside now. Oh, I got a mask on. They can't see my face. The masks are off. And actually, the mask was actually a prophetic thing. There's a lot of people that are in church, they're still wearing their mask. And I'm not talking about a, a, a physical mask, I'm talking about a spiritual mask. They come and praise the Lord, hallelujah, oh, Jesus, you resurrected life, and, and I love you, and I, hey man, can you pray for me? Well, no, I don't know if I want to pray for you. I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know. Their faith has died. They had one foot in, one foot out, and they fell to their death. But now's the time. The ban is lifted. The time is now. The harvest is ready. I don't care if you're young. I don't care if you're older. It doesn't matter. The harvest is ready. And Jesus said, let's go. Are you ready? I don't care. Listen, maybe I, I can't get to church every single Sunday, but I believe in God and I love God. Cool. Be the church in your workspace. Be filled with the Holy Ghost in your workspace. Be filled with the Holy Ghost if you're sitting in Starbucks. What does that mean? Simple encouragement. Hey, may I buy a coffee? Yeah, well... Why? Why? What do you want back from me? Nothing. I want to actually give something to you because I have someone who gave something to me. And you leave it there. Who? Really? Who was that? Was he a nice guy? Did he, what, what, what did he look like, man? Did he have a lot of money? Oh, yeah, he got a whole lot of money. Really? He got a whole lot? Man, yeah, and the retirement plan with him is amazing. Oh, my gosh. Really? Man, yeah, man. You know, if you start, you start working with him, man, I, man this company is amazing. I'm telling you, man, it's just a, a whole group of really, really powerful people that work for this company. Are you serious? Yeah, and then retirement's amazing. Wow, really? Yep. And even, even if you get hurt, that God can heal your hurt too. Like, and you start talking about, and it just flows out of your life. And you bring them in and you embrace them. And they start to see. And then what happens out of that? Ooh, the prophetic comes in. The anointing comes in. Now God starts talking to you about that person. Hey, say this about them. What? I said, what? Yeah, you start to see the real miracles come out because the miracle, miracles, real miracles that are flowing through you start out of being in relationship with him and in relationship with people. That's where real miracles flow. That's how real miracles flow. How many of you here want to grow in gifting and anointing in Christ Jesus? Come on, I hope everybody in this room. I'm going to give you a great starting point. Just start by being loving. Start by being loving. Start by being embracing. Paul raised this man back to life by, what does it say? Putting, putting himself on him, 
and embracing him. And he was raised back to life. So this is a prophetic word for everybody in here, and even for people that you're connected to that aren't here today. That there's been people sitting in the window, looking at the church, wondering about the church, and they hear the preaching, you know, you know, fall asleep, boom, and you fall, they fall to their death. But you now have a new mandate to go into all nations, to go, not to sit and talk in the building, but to go. Everybody say go. go. To go. To go. You got to go and do it. Well, I'm kind of fearful. I don't know what that looks like. That's good. Because where the Bible says where you are weak, he is He's strong. Christ functions as powerfully in your weakness than he does in your strength. Because if, 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 you, if you, I got this, then you're essentially pushing God aside and you're saying that you got this. And that's not the case. And it's very simple. When, when you are in the anointing and the power of God, you don't got to try. You just got to be. You just got to reflect. I'm going to give you an example. All right, I, let me give you an example. Take this one for you. I'm, I'm going a little long on the subject, but I feel the anointing on it. I feel this is good. This is good. Okay? I'll give you an example. When you're in the will of God, you could be right here, and people can be impacted by you. Okay? Can be impacted through the power of God. God amplifies your gifting. God amplifies your calling. God amplifies your anointing, just like this microphone. But as soon as you by me. Why? Because proximity, the presence, the presence, proximity and the presence accelerates the gifting and anointing through your life. When you start to move away, Jesus is nice and close to you, whew, you don't got to try. You just got to reflect. You just got to be. You just got to be who he's called you to be. You don't have to strive. Well, God, I want this anointing. I want this gifting. Yeah, but if you're in my presence and you're in my space, you just let it flow right through this microphone. I'm going to amplify it. 
I'm going to give you the stamp of approval. I'm going to empower you to go and pick them up and embrace them and that they're going to come back to life in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you believe that God has that for your life, won't you give them some praise in this house? Ah! Jesus, so good, so good, so good. So some of you are like, you know what, that's going in the next sermon. I'm going to take that one. Let's take it, take it. It's not even mine, it's the Lord's anyway. Take it, take it. It's yours, for sure. All right, check this out. With that being said, okay, so we've been empowered to do these things. We've been empowered to go and be a reflection of the Holy Ghost in our life. We've been empowered to do miracle signs and wonders. And you see this all throughout the books, the book of Acts. Now we're going to transition a little bit. Turn me to Acts chapter 3. I'm going to show you something really beautiful. And it's about a man who was lame. But I'm going to give you two different perspectives. I'm going to give you the perspective of the one who got healed. And I'm going to give you the perspective of the one who did the healing. Okay? So we're gonna, you're going to get double portion. Everybody like double portion. I love double portion. Elisha. It worked for Elisha. It's going to work for all of us in this room. Okay? I want double portion. Okay? So I'm going to give you double portion with, keep in mind, Eutychus, okay? Some of you are like, no, no, you're going to get past him. They call him Eutychus because he's Eutychus too if you fell out a window. Right? Some of you are not getting past that one. I know it. I know it. But in Acts chapter 3, there's an amazing miracle. Let me give you a little context. This is another word for you. You might want to write this one down. You know there's 40 recorded miracles in the book of Acts. 40 recorded miracles. Interesting fact. 39 of those miracles are outside of the walls of the church. What does that tell you as a believer? Do the miracles outside of the walls of the church. You're empowered to do the miracles outside of the walls of the church. Come on, somebody. Am I talking to anybody in this room? Do the miracles in your home. Do the miracles at your workspace. Do the miracles on the, on the corners where all the thugs and the drug dealers are at. Do the miracles with the Fortune 500 CEOs because they're dying too, okay? Do the miracles outside of the walls. That's a prophetic word for you. We need to do that. God is saying, I'm empowering you and equipping you with my grace, with my love, with my mercy, with my redemptive act for you to step outside these walls and go be a reflection of me says that to me. Says that, he says that to all of us. So 39 of them are outside of the church. We're going to actually look at the one that happened at the gate going into the church. This is Acts chapter 3. This is the, the miracle. It's that one, it's, and it's this one right here. It's really beautiful. Okay? So much so that it happens at the gate of beautiful. Okay? So Acts chapter 3, say amen if you're with me when you're there. And some of you there, you don't know where it's at, you need, you need GPS, the God positioning system, you need the God positioning system, the GPS, Acts chapter 3, okay, I want to encourage you, how many of you want God to do something through you, raise your hand nice and high, how many of you desire that, okay, good, I, I hope you do, okay, because I, like I just told you, we call to do it outside the walls, but let me tell you something, before you ask God, anytime you ask God to do something through you, you always want to ask God first to do something in you, do it in you first. Lord, change me. If, I, if I'm over here blocking the outpouring of the anointing, if I'm, if, if I'm not centered and I'm, I'm like talking like this and I'm doing it in my own strength, Lord, get, get, get me back right so, so that you're amplifying all my efforts. You're amplifying what, you, what, I'm, what, what you're trying to have me do. Okay? And so, so the whole point 
of Acts chapter 3, and this thing, it was, it, you're going to see it, it's really, really special. And we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Y'all with me? All right, here we go. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. Everybody say the ninth hour. Okay, so you have the ninth hour, and I'm going to break it down as we go along. Okay, the ninth hour is essentially 3 p.m. And what they would do at the ninth hour is they would sacrifice the lamb for all the sin. Okay, so this is a sacrificial portion. So it's real messy. You know, they're, 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 they're offering the lamb at this point. Okay, so then let me go. Let's keep, let's keep going. And look what it says right here. Verse 2, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily. Everybody say daily. At the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for money from those who enter the temple. Verse 3. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, ask for money. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said this. Look at us. I say, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. And I love this verse, verse 6. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus. Woo, come on, somebody. That's a great name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. Come on. Woo, Jesus. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking. Everybody say walking. walking. Leaping. Everybody say leaping. leaping. And praising God. Everybody say praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Man, this man is ecstatic. And in verse 10, the last verse, then they knew that it was he who sat begging for money at the beautiful gate of the temple, that they were filled with wonder and amazement. Woo! Stop right there. That's a great, that's a great passage. Great passage. Now, 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 now I want to give you some revelation. Okay? We're going to break this down, and I hope that you take away some stuff from this, okay? Some, 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 what I call kingdom tools, okay? Some kingdom tools, some wisdom, some little things in your tool belt so that as you're rolling along in your daily thing, like, oh, I'm gonna pull this word of wisdom out, or I'm gonna pull this prophetic word out, or you know what, I got a word of healing in the name of Jesus, or you, you just, you pull these things out so when the time is right, you know what tool needs to be applied to the reconciliation of the person that is on the opposite end for the glory of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Give him praise in this house. Now, here's the thing. Let me give you some perspective. 50 days earlier, Peter denied Christ. Think about that. He denied the Lord. 50 days later, when he's healed, resurrected, and set free in all condemnation, because there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, okay? He's moving in power. So what does that tell us? That even if you fail or you messed up or you've done something that you're not proud of, that when you come in the name of Jesus and you come boldly before the throne and you actually repent and say, God, I'm sorry, even though I've been walking with you for years and I love you and I messed up and I did something wrong. I repent and say, please forgive me. God says, cool, let's get to work. Let's get to work. I got, I got miracles on the other side that I want you to be a part of. 
Because here's the thing, repentance is not a one-time act. It's an ongoing lifestyle. I'm gonna write that down, Pastor. That's a good one too. I like that. Like that one. Ongoing lifestyle. Ongoing lifestyle. Because here's the thing. Repentance is the pivot point between ruin or restoration. Come on. When you, repentance is the pivot point between ruin or restoration. If you're too proud to say, Lord, forgive me, I messed up, my mouth shot my toes off, my thinking perverted me or prevented me from stepping into your anointing, Lord, I repent, please forgive me, restoration. Lord, you know what? They owe me money. And you know what? I don't like them. And you know what? I can't stand when she walks in. You know what? I ain't, I, I'm 100% right. And they, they need to give me an apology. And God is just waiting on Ruin. Ruin. Would you rather be right or would you rather be righteous? Would you rather be righteous before the Lord? Would you rather be right in him or right to yourself? Because the anointing, the prophetic, the gifting, the power flows from a place of purity unto Christ Jesus. Not unto your feelings. Well, Lord, they, mean, they owe me money. And then, you know, eye for eye, two for two. Where you read that at? You know that. That's in First Opinions 225. First Opinions 220. That's not even in the Bible. Well, you know, Pastor, that, that, that's, 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 you know, I read that somewhere. Man, you and your flesh, boy, it's in First Fleshalonians. Fleshalonians? It's, first of all, it's Thessalonians, okay? Not flesh, but you are acting in your flesh right now. I'm just going to say that. You need healing and deliverance. My point is this, okay? My point is this. What's the point? The point is that Peter was in a place where he didn't deserve the grace of God, the power of God to flow through his life. But when Jesus appeared to him, he asked him, Peter, do you love me? Well, you know I love you. Be my sheep. Peter, do you love me? And he, and he asked him three times for the three times that he rebuked him. It was three times of redemption, a.k.a. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He was redeeming this man because on the other side of his true and honest repentance, before God, there was a miracle for a man who was at the lame gate or at the gate of beautiful, the lame man. Restoration, not ruin. Okay? And, and, and maybe some of you in here, maybe you're sitting in proxy for somebody. Maybe, maybe, maybe you know somebody's life. Man, I love God, but they wrong me. I'm not willing to forgive. You need to come with this word and say, you know that repentance is the pivot point between ruin and restoration? And I'm prophesying over you right now in the name of Jesus that you would repent before God. Not before me. I love you. I'm just delivering the message. But you would repent before God and that God would embrace you and empower you and amplify you and anoint you to go and heal the brokenhearted, to set at liberty the captives, to raise the dead in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you receive that, give him some praise in this house. Man. I feel like preaching this morning. Jesus. Okay? So, 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 he, this, this, you see this incredible miracle happening. And, 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 and they walk. Okay? So, I give you some, just some quick points, okay? 
When you do stuff in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, there is focus. Everybody say focus. focus. Look what they, look what Peter said to the man. They walk in, and, and, and he's sitting at the gate. Hey, can, can, can you help me? Can, can you help me? Hey, what about you? Can, hey, I need, some, I need some money. Can you, can you help me, please? Uh, and, and every day he had to be dependent upon people to bring him to his place, his prison. But then when someone came in, notice he's at the church. He's at the synagogue. And people just walking in. Hey, man, you know what's going on, man? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. And they listen to the scriptures. And they people just walking past them. There, there he is. He's been there for a long time. Hey, man, there he is right there. Hey, what's up, man? Say, hey, you know what? Okay, cool. Here's a little money. Yep, you know, keep going. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But then Peter and John are walking. Peter, a redeemed man. Man, I've been redeemed. Man, God, Jesus, you saved my life. Wow. John, can you, I know you, you outran me, but man, can you know, you know, you know, Jesus, and I know you, you claim to be the one that he loves the most, but you know what, you know, he healed me too, man. I'm just saying, you know, and they, and they come in and like, what's up with this man? I don't know, he's here, he's been here since birth. Really? Yeah. Let's minister to him. Hey, hey, can you help me, please? Can you give me some money? Can you give me, look at us. Look at us. It's a prophetic word. When you want to receive your blessing, God says, look at me. Don't ask for what you're trying to get to fulfill your need. Look at me. Look at me. Gaze on me. Gaze at me. More importantly, let me gaze at you. Let me look in you. Let me read, let me read what's going on in your life. You don't read this word just to know the addresses and just study it. You allow this word to study you. You, you allow this word to study your life, a.k.a. look at me. Everybody say, look at me. That you're, what you're saying is, Lord, I invite you to gaze at my life. And if anything is wrong or out of sort, Lord, I'm okay with you putting it right back into place. I'm okay if my behavior was not quote unquote unholy because I know when I get in your space, I'm gonna be holy, but I'm gonna be empowered. I'm gonna be healed. I'm gonna be set free. And Peter and John said essentially from heaven, a mandate for all of us today, look at us. Look at Christ. When things don't feel right, look at him. And say, God, more importantly, look at me. Was there anything that is not there? And you may, maybe you'll get an answer right then and there, but maybe, just maybe, God is saying, I have an answer for you. But I want you to walk alongside this journey so you can find out what that is. Yeah. I want to I I encourage some hunger in your life. Because hunger, when you have hunger for Christ Jesus in your life, hunger cultivates anointing. Hunger cultivates purpose. Hunger defines what it looks like for you to walk with God. I'm hungry. I don't know what it looks like. I ain't get an answer yesterday, but I'm still on the move. I'm still going to go after Christ because I'm hungry for God. I'm hungry for the bread of life, not the bread of the world. This man was begging for the bread of the world. Peter came, gave him a commandment, said, I'm about to give you the bread of life. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, 
Think about that. Think about that statement. But what I do have, 50 days earlier, he didn't have it. 50 days later, but what I do have, because I have them. And how do I know I have them? Because I've been spending time with him. And I've been allowing him to gaze into my life. And I don't say that proudly. I say that humbly. I say that because the grace that has redeemed my life, redeemed John's life, I'm about to give to you. I have them. He said, silver, gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I'm about to give to you. What does that tell you? You're generous with the person that you do have. And oftentimes being generous is just not being resourceful. Being generous is giving time. These people walking every day in the synagogue. There he is. Yeah, what's going on, man? Yeah. Yeah, man. Walk right past you. But Peter and John show up and say, uh, I'm about to give you what I do have. I'm going to stop. With all the busyness going on in America and in Canada and around the world, and, and, and people are falling asleep because they got one foot in the church and one foot out, and we're we too busy. They say, no, stop. Look at us. I'm about to give you what you really need. I'm about to give you Jesus, who raised my life from the dead, who has healed my life, who, is, who I denied, who actually embraced me. You see, the, you see the correlation. Peter fell out the window. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? He picked him up and embraced him, brought him back to life, so that when he sees it in himself, he can see it in the layman. I'm going to pick you up. Silver or gold I do not have. What I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And look what it says. It says, it took, he took him by the right hand. By the right hand. That's important. Anytime you read something in scripture, if they actually emphasize that, it's important for you to take heed of that. Took him by the right hand. Because where does Jesus sit at? The right hand of the Father. And then you're seated in heavenly places with our, our Lord and Savior. So where are you seated at? You see them with Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. It's a prophetic picture saying that when you exude the character, the love, the personhood of Christ Jesus, that you can take somebody by the right hand, raise them up so that they are seated at the right hand. Come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus. He's empowered us to do so. So they're, they're, they're at the gate of the beautiful. And these guys aren't distracted. And I love what it says in Proverbs 425 that says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Let your eyes look where? Directly forward. And let your gaze be straight before you. Because here's the thing, regret looks back. Worry looks around, but victory looks up. Well, well, it, it, I'm kind of scared because if, 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 if I don't let go of this right here, I'm not going to be able to make it. And you know what? It's a little too hard, scary. You know, I'm just going to go back to this. That's regret. Or I should have did this. I should have said something. I should have went here. I should have said, that's regret. Yeah. Worry. I don't know what's going to happen. And we don't have enough. And, 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 and she's, she, it costs too much money. And I don't understand what's going on here. And, and we fought sickness. And when we did this and we do that, that's worrying. But victory is like, Lord, I don't care what's going on around me. 
I don't care what happened back then. All I know is my victory is in Christ Jesus. Because when I read your scripture, you say you endured the cross for the joy set before you. Not behind you. Not around you. Set but what? Before you. Where was his gaze? It was on the Father. Jesus' gaze was on the Father. Father, I'm sorry. Is there any other way? Man, they over here persecuting me. There's any other way. But not my will. Your will be done. His gaze was forward when he's being tempted in the wilderness. Ah, ah, hey, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, I'm following here. Because here's the thing. Jesus never lived in reaction to the devil. He always lived in response to the Father. Always. Read, read the scripture. Read it. Jesus never. I'm going to repeat that again for the people all the way in Edmonton. Jesus never lived in reaction to the devil. He always lived in response to the Father. So, so, so are, are you living in reaction? Or are you living in response? Peter, John, we're not living in reaction. We're responding to what God did for our lives. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Eutychus falling out a window. Hey, he's dead. Might as well just call it a day. Paul knows, you know what? No, I'm going to go and lay myself on him and embrace him for the joy and the gaze set before me. For what Christ did by knocking me off my horse, knocking the scales off my eyes, sending Ananias, a man I don't even know, to come pray for me. And now I'm going to be the apostle to the Gentiles, not the Jews. That's how God is. Well, you know, I feel like God has called me here, but maybe you have a lot of grace in this area over here. Because actually, Paul should have been the apostle to the Jewish people. He was a Jewish scholar. He was, a, he was going to be the, the top Pharisee in all of the land. But Jesus said, no, 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 you know what, you're better right here. You're going to be more useful over here. You're going to be more fulfilled over here. Again, going back to the analogy, he was like, I get in the picture and put you right where you need to be. Right where you need to be. And, 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 and Peter and them are, are walking there. And I love what it talks about in Colossians 3, 2, where it says, set your minds on things above, not things on the earth. That doesn't mean you completely throw it out. We're not, we're, we understand what's going on, okay? But you get to be the kingdom of heaven the leaven of the kingdom woven into society, woven into your family, woven into the fabric. So when people see you, you automatically think, you know what leaven does, right? Leaven makes things rise. And Jesus said, you can be, be beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. What is that? That's a, that's a religious spirit. Beware of the leaven, because when you get in the leaven of religion, Okay? Religion is routine without a relationship. That's what that is. It's routine without a relationship. Thank you. I got the rag. Glory. Thank you. You could be the leaven of Herod. You know what the leaven of Herod is? That's the political spirit. Ooh. You get wrapped up and. What should be right? What should be wrong? God does love justice, but he loves the kingdom even more. So what would happen if you really flow from the perspective of the kingdom 
in policy, I could tell you what happens. You become like Daniel, who changed three different regimes because of his consistency in Christ Jesus. Come on, somebody. That no matter what was going on around him, I'm still looking up. I'm not looking around what Nebuchadnezzar's doing. I'm not looking back what this leader did. I'm looking up in victory. So much so that anybody that I'm connected with, they're changing. And that's the leaven of the kingdom. When you have the leaven of the kingdom, the leaven of the kingdom makes things rise around you. More importantly, the leaven of the kingdom helps people rise around you. Peter, leaven of the kingdom, in the name of Jesus, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do give to you, I give. In the name of Jesus, what did he say? Rise. Are you with me? Rise up and walk. Because the leaven of the kingdom was causing this man to rise into his destiny. Come on, somebody. And that's a prophetic picture for every single person in this room, including the black brother speaking through this microphone. That we are called to help people rise into their destiny, to rise into their calling, to rise in their anointing, to rise in what God has in store for them. Or maybe they've fallen like Peter did. No, I'm going to call you up. I'm not going to call you out. Because the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to call you up into your destiny. We was having a conversation last night, and, 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 and my friend and I, and we were driving back from Whistler. By the way, Whistler might be the, I, I'm, I'm convinced it might be the most beautiful place on the planet. I said San Diego, but I'm, I, was, I, I swayed yesterday. <laughs> it was amazing out there. Went on the gondola. I thought I was going to throw up, but that's okay. I, I made it up to the top, guys. I made it to the top. Okay. Made it all the way to the top. And we were at the top and was looking at the mountains like, man, Lord, your glory, your majesty is so beautiful. And he actually said this to me in the prior scene. He said, my glory and majesty is, is, this is beautiful, but it's even more beautiful when you reflect it on earth as it is in heaven. My glory and majesty flows through you. So the same picture you're getting of all these mountains and the beautiful sun and the water is the same picture that I see through your life when you were submitted to me. Oh, man. Jesus. Wow, you really think that? I mean, but I was a hot mess express. Yeah, yeah, but now I've turned that hot mess express into a hot message for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wow. It, it, it made me feel so embraced. I mean, my family was so hospitable to me, and that was great, but I just, it felt like it was like a kiss from the Father. Like a cold drink of water on a hot day. Peter and John are walking, and they're at the gate of beautiful. And this man's been begging for years and years and years and years. And every day, someone has to set him there. So he's dependent upon other people. That is called a prison. When you are dependent upon just the world. But when you are free in the sun, because according to our Bible, what does it say? Those who the sun set free are free indeed. Okay? And, and, and this man got free and got healed right there. But I love Peter's and John's focus. Everybody good? I'm going. I know I'm going. I'm, I'm just going to let it fly. I'm only here like maybe once a quarter, but we all good in here? Everybody good? Peter and John not distracted. They're not distracted. 
They, they know what their, what their call is. Two broke preachers walking into the synagogue. They broke, by the way. We, what did he say? Silver and gold we do not have. We ain't, ain't got no money. They don't got no money. So what does that tell you? Well, I don't have a whole lot of money. What, how effective can I be? Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, you a wealthy woman or man when you have Christ Jesus flowing out of your life. You're wealthy. Everybody say, I'm wealthy. Okay? You're wealthy in Christ. They're two broke preachers walking into the church. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. They weren't distracted from the call on their life. I want to write this one down. Distraction is the destruction of God's dream for your life in slow motion. I'll say that one more time. I want to write this one. Distraction is the destruction of God's dream for your life in slow motion. Slow motion. Here's how it goes. Oh, man, here I go. I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh, wait a whoa, that's pretty cool over there. And you know what, man, man, but I'm still, but you know, then I, man, this is, this is awesome over here. You know what? And then you know what, man, I, I see it, but then I should come over. And, and then next thing you know, you look out, how am I behind the keyboard? How did I end up way over there? How, how, how did I end up in my flesh? How am I not in the spirit anymore? God, God, I, I don't know. But you know I gotta, now I got to be seen. I got to be really prophetic. I got to be really gifted. You're doing it in the flesh. You're not doing it in the spirit. Because the Bible says that the spirit of the prophecy is a testimony of who? Of Jesus. Because when Jesus gets in the picture. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I give to you, oh, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. And they were focused, even though they were broke. Peter just got healed 50 days. He denied the Lord. Now he's moving in. And they were focused. Because what happens is this. Saints, hear me out here. Believers, hear me out here. When you lose your focus, you lose your fire. When you lose your focus, you lose your fire. You go on autopilot. You go on autopilot. Oh, well, you know, I love the Lord, and you know, I do my little routine, and I, I pray, and you know, there's no power flowing through your life. There's no, there's no passion for what God has done for you. There's no passion for the resurrected life that you possess inside of you. Because none of us in this room deserve the grace that God has given us. But before the joy set before him, a.k.a. for the joy of you, 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 for the joy of you. You know what? You may not, you're going to see me when I call you home if you call me Lord and Savior. But before the joy set before me, I'm doing this on your behalf. Now go reflect me. Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give unto you. What he's saying is I'm giving you the resurrection life that has healed me, set me free, and has propelled me. I'm giving it to you. Rise up and walk. Huh. Rise up and walk. Because let me tell you something, whenever God does not have your full attention, he will disrupt what does. Whenever God does not have your full attention on something, what do they say? Look at us. Look at us. They were, I, I need money, I need money, I mean, no, 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 forget that. Look at us. AKA, look at me. Maybe, maybe your job has your full attention. Maybe, maybe your finance has your full attention. Maybe someone who has angered you has your full attention. 
Maybe your lack has your full attention. Maybe your success has your full attention. But if it doesn't have God's attention, you're not going to have any retention. No retention. What does that mean? You're not going to be able to retain nothing because it's going to destroy you. Blessing poured out on anything that does not have God at the center will crush you. It will not accelerate you because it's not equipped to handle it. But if God, have, here I am, I'm postured. I love, I love the success. I love the opportunities. But, Lord, it means nothing. You mean everything. God's like, yep, that's right. I'm at the center of everything. He can pour out more. But anytime he doesn't have your full attention, God will disrupt what does. How many of you here have been in this room where God disrupted something in life? You're like, man, what happened? What, what was that, God? What was, I've been there. I'll raise my hand for you. I've been there. And when God gets your full attention, it's a good thing. We should count it as a good thing. We should count. I'll give you an example. I'm at the gym, and a dude comes in tattooed up. Now, mind you, he walks in. I'm on the other side of the gym running on a treadmill. Boom, I'm getting it. This treadmill right here. Jaira, you are enough. Oh, my God. You know, I'm, I'm going. I'm going. I'm running. Dude walks in, tattooed. God said, get off the treadmill. Go pray for the dude. Lord, I don't want to do that right now. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm getting it right now. I got about maybe eight minutes left. I'm getting it. I'm almost three miles in. And so I want you to get off and, and, and pray for him. No, Lord, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And Lord, hey, I want you to get off and pray for him. Boop, and the treadmill stops. I said, well, I guess you want me to go pray for him, you know. So I get off, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. To be honest, we family, everybody, are we family in here? I didn't have no faith to pray for the guy. I really didn't. I'm a believer. I love Jesus with all my heart. But I didn't have no faith to pray for the dude. And so I was like, Lord, tell me something about this guy that only you would know. And he starts speaking to my heart. And I'm like, okay, I, I believe that's from you. I receive that. So I get off, and I walk over there. And as I get closer, I start to notice the tattoos on his body. First thing I notice is the huge swastika on his chest. You know what a swastika is? Okay. How many don't know what a swastika is? Don't know. Okay, perfect. Swastika is a uh, white supremacist sign. And I'm a black man, by the way. So I noticed the swastika. Oh, oh, my God. Then I get a little closer, and I see 666 across his neck. Whoa. Then I get a little closer, and I kind of, now, now I'm kind of like. <laughs> and, I, and I see and catch the thing on his face, upside down cross on his face. It's like, man, now, 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 I ain't going to lie. I'm really intimidated. Not going to lie. So I walk past, kind of look. Oh, man. Ooh. Get over here and lift these weights. <laughs> Just in case we got to fight. <laughs> I love the Lord all my heart. And, and this is when the prophetic really started taking off in my life. And so I was coming to the Lord with childlike wonder. You really want to see any type of gift take off in your life? Come to the Lord with childlike wonder. That's a word for somebody in here. Come with childlike wonder. God's okay with what you don't understand. Because he's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so I said, Lord, kind of nervous. You know that. And Lord, 
you, you told me something about him. I just don't even have the confidence right now based on the swastika, the 666, and the upside-down cross on his face. But, Lord, if this is of you, which I believe it is, make a way that I know it's okay to go over there without getting in a fight. <laughs> and so there's a machine in the middle of the gym. He's on that side. I'm on this side. I'm lifting. And I put it down, and I turn around and go to the machine. He turns around and goes to the machine, and we kind of meet at the same time. And I have my headphones in, so I have my music going, and I turn, I look, and he, and he looked at me and pointed to the machine like, you using this? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he was like, like that, and he smiled at me. Oh, man, gosh, Lord, okay. There's my entry point. So, all right, here we go, God. Lord, heaven, back me up right now. Here we go, here we go. So I walk over and say, take on my headphones. Hey, man. Hey, what's going on, man? What's up? I said, hey, man, um, I don't know if you believe in God, you know, 666 and all. Yeah, I didn't say that, but you know what I'm saying, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you believe in God, but God, God speaks to my heart sometimes about people, and I believe he's speaking to my heart about you. You mind if I share this with you? He goes, yeah, man, that would be great. Let me, let me hear that. Okay. I said, you know what? <clears throat> God showed me that uh, you desire to speak to young kids not to make the same mistakes you made. And your desire is to actually help young kids be righteous and be healthy and be focused to have a better life. And he stops and he freezes and he looks at me. I'm like, dang, we about to get in a fight in the gym. I don't know. <laughs> he goes, man, how do you know that? And I said, uh, I, serve a Christ, I serve a God, his name is Jesus and he loves you, man. And he, and, he, and he dropped his head like this, and he goes, you know, I've been wanting to speak at youth homes forever because I don't want kids to make the same mistake I made. And then he said this. He goes, I don't hate black people, and he put his hand over his chest, over the swastika. He said, I don't hate black people. I don't hate Hispanic people. I love people. And he says, I'm not a devil worshiper. I believe in God, but I've always been wrestling. Does God believe in me? And, 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 and the upside down cross. And I said, I understand that because your exterior will say otherwise. But when you give your life to Christ Jesus, your interior can be repaired to overcome the exterior in Jesus Christ. And he goes, man. He goes, what's your name? I was like, uh, I don't know if I felt comfortable even giving my name. I was, <laughs> I was like, Greg, my name's Greg. He goes, man, what do you do? I said, oh, man, I pastor at a church. He's like, you a pastor? I said, yeah. I said, uh, why don't you come to the church, man? He goes, oh, ha, ha, oh, no, no, I can't come to the church. I said, why not? He goes, because, man, as soon as I walk in, I might burn up. I said, no, you're not going to burn up. He said, no, no, I, all jokes aside, if I walk in, people don't want to do anything with me. They, they, don't, they don't even come up and say hello to me. Lame man at the gate. love you, Lord. Thank you. But when you stop, look at me. Look at me. Gaze at me. Let me get your attention for a minute. Let me tell you how much Jesus loves you. Let me tell you, God knows that you're not a devil worshiper because you're created in his image. I said, you know what, man? 
I want you to come to church next week. And I'm personally inviting you. And you're going to sit right next to me. As a matter of fact, I'm preaching that Sunday. And I, you know, I didn't know if he was going to come or not. But I gave the invitation. I made myself available because God don't want any ability but availability. Be available. Be available. Stop and see somebody for who they are. Because grace flows to the lowest places. And know what? Next week, guess who showed up? Not only that, he showed up with his homeboy, his girlfriend, and his homeboy's girlfriend. Four of them showed up. They walked through. Hey, Tommy, what's up, man? They come over, come put him on arm. Hey, sit right here, man. You gave him the best seat in the house. Because when the prodigal son and daughter comes back home, you give them a robe and a ring. You give them a robe and a ring. You give them the best seat in the house. You serve them. He sat right in the front, awkward as all get up, sitting there, just looking at the ground. We preached a message. This man and his whole crew gave their life to Jesus. They got saved. They got saved. He got healed. He got set free. He got propelled in what he was desiring to do in all of God's life. Which leads me to the next thing. Look at this right here. Look at this scripture in the same passage. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple. He entered the church. He entered the church with them. The same man that everybody walked past got up walked in with the people who gave him Jesus. He came into the church. But what did he do? Walking, leaping, and praising God. Why is that significant? Take heed. Walking, he was physically healed. Leaping, he was emotionally healed. Praising God because he was spiritually healed. I'm going to say it over here. Walking because he was physically healed. Leaping because he was emotionally healed. Praising God because he was spiritually healed. You know what that looks like? I'm, a, I'm walking. God, you're so good. You saved my life. I don't have to beg anymore. Jesus, thank you. That's the same praise you had when you gave your life to Christ. That's the same fire you had when you gave your life to Christ. When someone is born again, even if you haven't got baptized, you come out of that baptism water, you are on fire like that. You're on fire for Christ Jesus. You're walking, leaping, and praising God. You're physically healed. You're emotionally healed. You're spiritually healed. Okay? And that's the word of the hour. COVID ban is lifted. There's people that are lame in their walk with Christ Jesus. They don't know Jesus. And they need to be walking, leaping, and praising God. And God is saying, I'm calling you, 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 all of you, right now, to stop and notice. And in the name of Jesus, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. Rise up and walk. And they receive, it may be just peace. 
They may just want peace in their life. Coming out of COVID, it's been chaotic. They just won't want peace. I got news for you. Who's the Prince of Peace? His name is Jesus. Because peace is not the absence of something. It's the presence of someone. It's not that, oh, if I move this out of my life, I got peace. No, 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 I got peace even if this is chaotic in my life. I got peace because I got him. He's with me. He's walking with us. He's being with us. Well, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. And I've and, and actually been disappointed. How many of you ever been in this room been disappointed? Come on, keep it real. I've been disappointed multiple times. Multiple times. And, I, and, and I'm not saying that it's not even going to come again. But here's the thing. The presence of God is the best place to process your disappointment. Because the presence turns your burden into an opportunity. The perspective of the presence of God turns like, oh, man, this sucks. This is a burden. And to know what? This is an opportunity for me to grow in Christ Jesus. And more importantly, this is an opportunity for me to receive fresh revelation to help the people that are around me grow in Christ Jesus. And better yet, when I get called to go talk to the swastika dude with the 666 and the upside down cross, it is an opportunity, not a burden, to say, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. Come on, you believing in this house? Going a little long. So let me land this plane. Let me land this plane. A lot of us in this room, it's time. For whatever reason, for whatever reason, we went on autopilot. We went on autopilot. God is saying, it's time to be walking, leaping, and praising. Let's get back to that. There's people outside that want to walk, leap, and praise, and they don't even know what that means. But you are a reflection of heaven to help them understand what that means. You are a reflection of heaven to be the great commission. Going to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I got news for you. The great commission is only as powerful through the great submission. You need to be submitted we need to be in submission. Well, you know, I, I, I claim Jesus Christ as Lord, so that's fantastic. But when you are submitted, the commission becomes even more powerful. The, 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 the man at the gate, you saw Peter administering healing because he got healed. The man who received the blessing received the blessing. So you see two miracles from two different perspectives in this story. My prayer is that when God is calling you to be that miracle, or to receive that miracle, that you will never forget this story, number one. Number two, that you will go outside of these walls, have eyes to see, ears to hear, when the Lord tells you to do something, to do it. And that you would step out, and you would step out in faith. You would step out with childlike wonder and awe. God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to do it. I don't understand how I'm going to pull this off. Matter of fact, I'm not pulling it off, because if I pull it off, if you pull it off, you get all the glory and praise. All the glory and praise. It's a word for the hour right now. It's time to rise up and walk and go do what God has called you to do. We gather on Sundays. It's amazing. I love it. It's community. It's family. But this is just a huddle to get the play amongst family to go out and execute it in the game. Be in your community. Be in your family. Go to places that don't look like you. 
that don't think like you. You really want to see reconciliation? You really want to break the poverty of, of racism? Break the spirit of racism? Go be a reflection of heaven. Go be the reflection of what heaven looks like. Where we're all in there gathered, singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Esther. Mordecai. I can go down the list. Paul, John, Peter, James, John. You, if you continually reflect who he is. He's calling us. God's opening up the gates now. Time to go and kick down them gates. Take those people that were on their way in the wrong direction and say, in the name of Jesus, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have, I'm about to give it to you. I'm about to give it to you. Rise up and walk. Rise up and do what I called you to do. Rise up. Because God is not necessarily concerned with just your comfort. He's more concerned with your development. He's, he's concerned with your development. Stand up. Everybody stand with me. Stand with me. Stand with me. Come on. Yes, Jesus. Well, it's, it's uncomfortable sometimes. Listen, the gospel was not established to make you comfortable. The gospel was established to set you free. Set you free. Jesus. I don't know what you do. This group right here, I don't know what you do, but I saw this very clearly. I saw the Lord opening up the First Nation community to you. And you will be a you will be an entry point of faith for the First Nation community. I don't know what you do from anything. I know your pastor, that's it. However, there's something on your life too with entrepreneurship, arts is on your life as well. You guys are business people. And I feel like the Lord's saying it's time for you to surround other business people around so you think business from the perspective of heaven so that you can bring in to our First Nation brothers and sisters the understanding of stewardship and not just money, anointing, power, gifting, calling, that you will get, he will give you an, uh, an extended divine hand to say rise up and walk. God's about to expand your voice in this next season. He's about to expand your ministry in this next season. I don't know what you do for Adam. I don't know what you do. But what I do see is the Isaiah 61. Heal the brokenhearted. Set at liberty the captives. That those people, it says in that scripture, that they would go back and rebuild the ruins. You're going to be a catalytic jumping point for these people to receive a fresh anointing to go re rebuild what the enemy stole. God's going to give you double. He's going to give them double for their trouble. Father, we bless them, God. We thank you. I see an acceleration within the next two weeks. Get ready. Get ready. You've been praying for it. You've been asking for it. God, we want it. We ready, God. We ready. And God said, okay, today's your day. Tipping point right now in the name of Jesus. Tipping point in the name of Jesus. Women are being healed. I see, I see those who were brutally abused coming to you in full confidence because see, they see the hope and glory of Christ Jesus over your life. They see the hope and glory of Christ Jesus over your life. Father, we pray for a fresh anointing of entrepreneurship and business, God. 
Lord, I break off any poverty spirit, God, that has been trying to rob them, God, of the thought that they can't be prosperous, that they need to be in ministry and be broke, God. Lord, but Lord, you are the cattle on a thousand hills, God. Lord, that they would not have resource to say that we have resource. They can have resource because they can say we have resource. We have resource. That favor is to impact people around you. Father, I release fresh favor, a fresh acceleration in the name of Jesus. A fresh acceleration in the name of Jesus, God, that it would be multifaceted ministry, God. Multifaceted ministry. Multifaceted ministry. I keep hearing that word, multifaceted ministry. That God will use you so profoundly, so powerfully in this next season that you would be like, wow, I didn't even know that was existent. That would be existent. I pray, God, that they would walk into the fullness that you have for their lives. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, the indigenous community. God, I pray that, I pray that all the tribes will be cross-pollinating and sharing, God, sharing intelligence, God. Lord, that the First Nation community come together, God, and that these two people and their family will be a catalytic jumping point for the whole community to come together in the name of Jesus. Fresh acceleration, God. Fresh acceleration. Fresh acceleration. Fresh acceleration. I see repair. There's some repair in your family. There was arguing in your family about something. There was arguing in your family about something. Nobody, they weren't seeing eye to eye and God's saying, watch the heart be softened and let me come in. There's going to be a softening of the heart. You're going to have a conversation in the next two weeks that's going to transform everything. So, Father, we pray for this conversation, God. When they open their mouth, rivers of living water will come pouring out of their heart, God. Rivers of living water, God. That those who are feeling like they are dry, that relationship has been dry, Father, I pray fresh restoration in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, we bless them. In Jesus' name, come on, bless them, family. Bless them, Lord. Hallelujah. Adrian, I saw the Lord. There's an incredible scripture in Isaiah 2.4. And it talks about, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore heard the Lord saying that he's giving you intelligence to build technical tools because right now social media is used as swords and pruning hooks but God is going to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in this next season that you will design technical tools technical tools that these pruning hooks and these swords it says that they're beat into plowshares what God is telling me to tell you is that you're going to build tools that will become harvesting tools for the kingdom of God. Harvesting tools. Harvesting tools. Not tools of war, but tools of harvest. Isaiah 2.4, that God is giving you a new anointing to build tools of harvest in this next season. And I see that you're going to run with people. Not just your brother, but there's going to be people people that are going to come alongside and want to want those tools to harvest for their gain but the Lord is saying allow them to harvest for his glory hold them accountable 
because you hold the authority in Christ Jesus. Lord, I bless this man. I bless Barbara. I bless the children, Father. Lord, I pray. I thank you, God. I also see, I also see you, you carry. There's going to be a facet of Priscilla and Aquila. You're going to help people see a better way. The Bible says that when the believer came to their house that they showed him a better way. You're going to show people a better way, a better way, a better way to walk with Christ. And even though you're, you're just starting out, God is saying, don't want it all at once. Enjoy the journey because God's speed is the best speed because it's the most observant pace. Observe, take note. I also see a book. There's a book in, your, in the future you're going to be writing. This is more so for, for, for writing for uh, Barbara. Barbara, you're going to write a book on what it means to raise a family in the anointing of the glory of God. There's a book that you will collaborate on together that is going to bring healing, bring restoration. It's actually going to penetrate into the political and business realm, the tech space. So, Father, I pray when they, and, and the Lord is saying, start writing now. Start writing now. Write down your thoughts. Write down your apprehensions. Write down your fears. Write down your dreams. Because God is about to outpour his spirit upon everything you put in your hands to in regards to writing. So Lord, bless, bless them, Father. Lord, I thank you for you doing something powerful and magnificent in their lives. I thank you, Jesus, for the fresh acceleration, God. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing a mighty work. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless them, God. We bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Stephen, my man. Ah, just a heart of gold. Heart of gold. You and your whole family. And I keep, I saw the Isaiah 65 over your life, man. Where it says that the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The wealth of the Gentiles, the wealth of people who don't know Christ, they're going to come to you. They're going to come to you, your brother, your family. God's going to entrust you with the wealth. And wealth is just not money. It's their families. It's their dreams. It's their fears. That God is calling you up in this next season to be a catalytic launch pad, to be a leader launcher into the world. God's going to bring kings before you and your wife to sit before you. God's going to give you nations, and you're going to teach them what financial wealth looks like, but more importantly, you're going to teach them what kingdom, kingdom family looks like in this next season. Kingdom family, because the secret sauce to your anointing is your family, is your family. That's why you have favor on your life, because of your family. The more you exude and exemplify your family, the more God is going to give you because that's where the purity lies. That the wealth of the Gentiles will come to you. And I love that scripture. It says, then you shall become radiant. You shall become radiant. When you radiate, people notice you from far away. You don't have to want to be seen. They see you because they see Jesus. Jesus exemplifies radiantness. 
So I pray that the radiantness gets even brighter. That it would be like moths coming to the flame. That they would land and they would taste and see. The Psalms 34, they would taste and see that the Lord is good. That the Lord is good. Father, I pray for fresh acceleration, God. Fresh acceleration in the name of Jesus. I see a business school that God has given both of you to raise up new leaders in this next generation. To raise up Theophiluses. Paul would write, or they, uh, Paul, not Paul, but Luke would write to Theophilus. He says, my dearest Theophilus. He was, a, he was a person who helped fund ministry, who helped fund vision. More importantly, to propel people into their destiny. May that rest upon your home in the name of Jesus. That you would propel people into their destiny. You would hear their dreams and you would have the word of the Lord. And that you would move as the sons of Issachar move. You would know the times. You would know the signs. So, Father, we bless Isabel and Stephen, God, in the name of Jesus. Let it be so over their lives, God. Let it be so over their beautiful family, God. Let it be so over all of their hands that they're putting the good work to, God. Let it be so, God, over their, over their family, God. Let it be so of what you entrusted to them. God, we bless them, God, and we thank you for them, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. When we're church, when we're church, I feel the word of the Lord on this. There's an explosion that's about to happen in your church. There's an explosion that is about to happen in your church. And I just see kingdom all over, all over this providence that is birthed out of this place that people will come from miles around to be in the glory, to be in the glory, to be in the glory. I see the faithfulness of this team, of this family. There's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit. I just see something similar to the Toronto blessing being birthed in this place. That people are coming out of COVID and they're not coming out. They're coming out of survival mode, but they're going to come to Windward to get into revival mode. From survival mode to revival mode in the name of Jesus on this house, God. Father, that revival, this will be a fountain of revival for people to drink from. Non-believers coming to this place. Gentiles coming to this place. People that have been walking with the Lord for many, many, many years but they have a fresh fire when they come to this place. Lord, we prophesy over this house, God, that it would launch leaders unto the world, God. Lord, give a fresh grace, God. I see a fresh wind to come in and give new stamina in this house in the name of Jesus, that you don't have to go anywhere but just hunker down as a family and explode for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Jesus. I see a business school out of here as well. I see a leadership, a leadership academy out of this school. You're gonna bring people in that are leaders in their respective spheres of influence and they're gonna learn and get equipped with the Spirit of God to go out and be the church outside of the walls. Outside of the walls. They're gonna learn what it means to have the personhood of Jesus in Windward Church. 
Lord, I bless this house, God. I bless the leaders, Lord. I bless the leaders. Kevin, I see the Lord says your faithfulness is going to open up an incredible new avenue for you in this next season. An incredible new avenue. Do not be surprised if you get asked to take over. If you get asked to take over because you are a faithful son. You're a faithful son. I keep hearing the Lord say, faithful son. Your humility is your acceleration. Your authenticity is your acceleration. And I feel like the Lord is about to entrust you with an expression of his heart under the house, under the covering of this amazing, amazing ministry and the amazing leaders who lead this ministry. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's gonna be a spirit of wisdom and revelation that comes on you to be innovative in this next season. I feel like God is giving you golden keys to build new verticals, new verticals unto him. God's gonna give you new revelation how to build new verticals to open up opportunity for people to know the Lord. New resources coming in. I see more buildings being given to you. He's going to entrust you to oversee them. Father, we bless them right now in the name of Jesus. We bless them, Lord. May the word of the Lord go forth before him, God. May the word of the Lord go forth before him, God, and pave the way, God. In the name of Jesus, Barry, you are. Ha <laughs> ha. You're a prophet after the order of Asaph. Asaph was one of the king's recorders in the Bible. Psalms, I believe it's Psalms 72 to like mid 80s. Asaph wrote those Psalms. And Asaph played in one of the musicians, he's one of the musicians that David had worshiping in the temple. And what his job was is he took what the king said and he wrote after what king said God's going to give you a kingly pen to write new songs in this next season songs that you may not personally sing but the world is going to sing God's going to entrust you a new anthem in this next season to write well it's a memoir from his heart that the king you're going to hear the king record the king and recite the king in the name of Jesus you're going to hear the king, record the king, and recite the king in the name of Jesus. You and your wife. You and your wife. Asaph, 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 Asaph. Asaph, Asaph, Asaph. Asaph will turn into Asaph. As soon as prophetic. As soon as prophetic. Father, we pray right now. In the name of Jesus. God, we pray over this incredible man and his beautiful wife, Father. Lord, when they pick up, God, all of heaven comes pouring out of that pen or pencil, God. Lord, that they will record what you are saying, what you are doing, what you want to be heard in the entire atmosphere, Father. Father, Lord, I bless them. Lord, may your word go forth. May people be changed. May you be reflected. May the masses come to know you, God. May their submission 
unlock a greater commission in you, God. In the name of Jesus, I see a writing school God is going to entrust to you. A writing school. And it's not just for worship songs. It's for plays. It's for scripts. It's, 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 for, it's for the arts. It's for the arts. And it's already taking place in your family. It's already taking place in your family right now. It's already taking place because we, I, I, I saw it. It's already taking place. The young man in your home is already receiving earthly rewards for content. There is a, there is a golden lineage on your life for content, plays, writing, expression. All that is is expression. And God is saying, you're going to rewrite what expression looks like through my lens in the name of Jesus. We already, it's already taken place. It's already taken place. You know this, I know this. We've seen the YouTube awards. That's man's way of acknowledging what heaven has already spoken in your life. That you are a living instrument. Your family is a living instrument in the name of Jesus. So Lord, we bless them, God. Lord, that they have divine perspective to write an expression of your heart to the masses. Divine perspective, God, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. And all that you went through, God's giving you double for your trouble. You're about to get double for your trouble. Double for your trouble, God. Give it back to him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord. Restore it back to him in the name of Jesus. Restore it back to them in the name of Jesus. Lord, that they would get a, they would, I see a Hollywood script. It's a golden scroll, a Hollywood script. God's gonna inject you into Hollywood. He's sending his Navy SEALs into Hollywood. In the name of Jesus, God's gonna give you a golden script. A golden script in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now, God, that they would walk out what you have in store for them. Lord, that they would have eyes to see, God. They would notice and they would stop. Say, look at us. When people say, they say, look at us. Because we look at him. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. Everybody raise your hands to heaven. Father, we love you. We give you glory and praise in this place. We thank you, God, that the glory just came into the room. That the glory is in the room right now, God. There it is. Woo! There it is right there. Families are being healed right now in Jesus' name. Families being healed right now. Spirit of offense, I break you off of any life in this room right now in Jesus' name. You will not walk out of this room offended. I don't know who this is for. You're not walking out of this room offended anymore. 2 Corinthians 5, this ministry of reconciliation, I entrust unto you, says the Lord, in the name of Jesus. That you will go and reconcile. You will be the bigger person to bring reconciliation. I break off a spirit of offense right now. I break off the spirit of fear in this room. People in here have been fearful. The Bible says, fear not. That word, fear not, is said 366 times in the word. That's one for every single day, including for you leap year folks. 
And then some. Fear not, for I am your God. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I break off the spirit of fear in this room right now in Jesus' name. You go right now. That the step of faith will be met by the author and perfection of our faith. Thank you, Jesus. New dreams are being birthed right now. Oh, there it is. New dreams being birthed right now. Liberty being imparted right now in Jesus' name. Fresh liberty, God. Fresh liberty being poured out right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, a fresh wind in Windward Church, God. May Windward Church continually be a reflection on earth as you are in heaven, God. Lord, we love you. We honor you. We give you all the glory. You are worthy. You are more than worthy. More than worthy, God. More than worthy of our praise, our love, our adoration. We say yes unto you. In Jesus' name. And when we're church, shouts out. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you guys.